0: Hello, and welcome to That's Wow, That's Women of Washington. I'm Erin Murray. Looking to break the mold this holiday season? Avoid the malls, drive north from Seattle Center away from Sugar Plum Ferries and their $20 parking fees, and tell your child they can leave their patent leather shoes in the closet. I caught up with Seattle playwright Maggie Lee, whose newest work, The Flight Before Xmas, is having its world premiere at Seattle Public Theater. It promises to be funny and fun for children and adults alike. Like, seriously, SPT also has free parking and a bar. Ho ho ho, Santa loves you. What's it like to write a play that doesn't involve three ghosts or a green conservative hermit who no doubt receives terrible cell reception? Let's hear more about your newest December tradition that even Hans Gruber would enjoy. Here we go! Hello and welcome to That's Wow, That's Women of Washington. I'm very excited to be speaking to Maggie Lee. Hello, Hello, Maggie. Hello. And we're here in my studio, uh, and we all know what that means. Uh, And I'm here (laughs) to talk to Maggie about The Flight Before Xmas, playing right now at Seattle Public Theater. I've already apologized that I wasn't able to get this out for opening, but she seems pretty cool about it.
1: I Uh, am so happy to... Get as many people to come see it before closing. Before closing. As
0: possible. And it closes, I have the poster the postcard right here. It closes on the 24th. It so we have- It closes the
1: night before next.
0: <laughs> okay, how appropriate. Uh, so I I just want to jump into it. I've read a incredibly a couple of really charming descriptions of the show, but could we just get the synopsis from you?
1: Uh sure. It's um it's a uh, Sitting is uh, SeaTac Airport. Uh, the night before Xmas. <laughs> and um, it's sort of about people who are traveling and their reasons for traveling and why do we do this to ourselves, of um, everybody rushing the airport at the same time and um, what, the pressures of the holidays and family and fun and making friends and having a good time and having a terrible time and just like all, all the emotions bundled into one. And um, yeah. It, I, it's it's a fun time. <laughs> and
0: how many people does it follow? I was trying to keep track of how many actors oh. were in the show. Yeah,
1: we have fifteen actors. Wow, that's incredible. And uh, I think nine are young young actors. That's great. And uh, yeah, it, it's a it's. I I hadn't realized quite how many people that was until we had <laughs> rehearsal the first day, and I was like, oh my goodness, this yeah. is a lot yeah. of people on stage, and they're stuck at the gate, mm. so. <laughs> A lot of times they're on stage at the same time. And, um, I've been working with Amy Poisson, who's the director for, this is our fourth show together. Wow. And she has been so great about like, let's have people sitting on the floor and let's, maybe you're going to go to the bathroom for a while. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. (laughs) And, and, um, just working those, uh, practical things out and, um, Yeah, and then she's like, Maggie, why'd you write so many people in this play? And so I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Uh, but it's really been a great experience. The cast has really bonded, and there's something about having so many people in the room and just like this—it's a party, like. Every night that they do it, so
0: well in such an intimate space as Seattle you know, yeah. Public, I think that fifteen people on stage that makes such an impact. I mean, that's it's really exciting to be around that many people. Yeah, in such a, it a makes tight this quarters. energy
1: that's like you can't really manufacture it, and and it's a thrust stage too, so mm-hmm. you have audience on almost all sides, and so it's like you're really in it. Yeah,
0: um, yeah. that's incredible. Is this Correct me if I'm wrong. Is this the world premiere?
1: This is the world premiere. This is the world premiere. So
0: how did this come about? Did Kelly and Annie approach you and say, write us a Christmas show? Or did you say, hey, Kelly and Annie, I have a Christmas show. How did this happen? (laughs)
1: Um, Well, it actually, um, I've been writing for the youth program for uh, a couple of years now. And um, it was last fall, uh, Shauna Bestock, who was the artistic director at the time, Uh, approached me and was like hey you know we do best Christmas pageant ever a lot (laughs) and it's been the holiday tradition and it's a little it's getting a little dated it's getting a little you know maybe (laughs) it needs to be modernized Mm -hmm. and so she asked me if I wanted to um, write a new play for them that could possibly be a new holiday tradition which is you know no pressure or anything. so I said sure I'll, I'll I'll give it a go. And um, one thing about the holidays that always struck me is that uh, the traveling mm. and how much I hate it <laughs> myself. And um, and it's just like, but there's so much pressure to do it mm-hmm. and like to make the holidays this certain thing in your mind, like this beautiful picture of like, oh, we all have to be around the fireplace <laughs> and we all have to like, you know, do this, do the holiday thing. And, um, what that means and what, why do we do that? And does it really mean what we think it means? And, um, does it really, as a family, do you really need to do the thing in order to be a family or can you just be a family? sitting around waiting at the
0: airport yeah (laughs) do you need uh, the tree
1: do you need the tree in the stockings
0: or can you just have that moment with a bunch of uh people that maybe you don't know that well yes
1: exactly and also why does it have to be that day like you Mm. could go in february and like hang out with your parents and it'd be also (laughs) awesome you know but it's like no it has to be this particular day and this particular way and just sort of examining traditions and and so forth and so um yeah, and so uh, I got commissioned, and um, and uh, we've been developing the play over this year. Wow. And um, we brought Amy on board, and uh, we started casting pretty early on just to make sure people had availability over the holidays. And then uh, a couple people dropped, a couple more people came on, and it was like this whole thing. And then, yeah, we started... Um, rehearsals in november and away we went away you went yeah and it's been really a learning experience for me i i generally write big casts um usually around eight or nine but 15 15. is like a whole other thing (laughs) and i i'm i'm also I, i have this bad habit of like i worry about actors waiting around backstage and so like I don't want them to like have two lines and then have to sit backstage because that's 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 hard yeah yeah and especially if you're a kid like come on you know like do something you gotta the play should involve everybody so the play involves everybody pretty much the whole time which is also not I mean it's I think it's great for the actress to learn yeah. how to be on stage without having lines like to be part of the scene um but it's also it's a challenge, you know, like because a lot of it's waiting. So sometimes they're reading a book or pretending to read a book or whatever, and it's like, oh, don't actually read the book because you might yeah don't <laughs> get thing gross yeah don't bring the Da Vinci Code on and, uh, exactly <laughs> don't get caught in a really good uh, <laughs> exciting part of the book because you you have a line still <laughs> you just got to get it in there at the time, and um, so that that was also a relief. Really
0: I love that though from thing. a from a making point of view that I mean first of all that's lovely and in- incredibly conscientious of you to think that way. And, you know, sometimes with some Shakespeare's when I think about how large the cast is and I think about this one dude's, you know, track and I just thought, man, what was that guy? Was Like, what was what was William making allowances for for him just to have? But, of course, that was a different setup of theater companies back then. right? But, I mean, so I love that you think that way. And, and I think that's a very practical and a very loving way to think about creating an ensemble. But I also think that that is... It really ties into the world Mm -hmm. because I mean, how often when you're waiting at SeaTac or you're waiting at a, you know, any number of airports or even gosh, nowadays you're even waiting on the plane Yes. because how many of us have been stuck on the airplane that happened to me and you have a book out, but you're not really reading it or, and you're, you're trying to stay a little alert of like, Oh, did they just call, Did they just say something? And then you're just there with someone who you're, you know, maybe you're dating or you're there with them or whatever. And you're making that idle chit chat because you didn't you didn't know that you were going to have to talk to this person for that long yeah. you were hoping to get in and start listening to your podcast and exactly. fall asleep yeah no I think that's great it kind of it serves the play
1: yeah and it's really makes for some exciting new connections yeah um, um one thing that came out of rehearsal which was really interesting was um when I wrote the uh, you know obviously there's like little vignettes happening with different uh, parties and sometimes they don't talk to each other sometimes they're talking like two people could be having a fight and they're trying not to like be loud and and um during rehearsal amy was like everybody can hear everything so let's just make that a reality of like you're you're stuck in this place and we can all hear you. Nice. And then we're not going to pretend that like, oh, they're having this conversation. We can't hear. <laughs> so feel free to look over at them and be like, what are they talking about? You know, and like how, um, you're at the airport and that happens where you're just sitting back to back with somebody and they're having a conversation. You're like, I totally can hear you. Yeah. <laughs> Even though you think that you're in this little bubble, yeah. but it's, um, so it really makes for some fun, um, Watch, like, if you watch a show a couple of times, like, if you watch people who are not in the scene, they're still like really interesting.
0: They all have their own track, yeah. That's so fascinating,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, what were there any? Um, well, I guess two, yeah, I have two questions. One, do you have a favorite either Christmas movie or Christmas story or, or just a, a Christmas work that you like to return to every year? And were there any extant movies or texts? Either scripts or stories that you uh, pull from, because I have not yet seen the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to go next week. Uh, but um, are there are there any tropes that you either felt pressured to keep? Or that you wanted to challenge to not have. I think I just asked you three questions at once. So I, I, my questions are: What is your? Do you have a favorite kind of like Christmas story or movie? And then did you pull from anything, or did you look to any text for inspirations? Mm -hmm. And what is it to? I feel like Christmas has been so dictated to us by Charles Dickens. Mm, Yes. And so what? How does that? How is it to write under under Dickens? Under Dickens? Yeah.
1: Um, Let's see. So. Christmas movie, uh, Christmas text. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm actually, I'm, I'm not a, I don't have a, I don't think I have one. That yeah. I, I'm always like, every, when people ask you like, what's your favorite Christmas movie? It's always Die Hard. Cause you know, yeah. come on. <laughs> nice. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think a lot of the play though was, I didn't want to do Christmas Carol. That, mm-hmm. was, that was, like, one of the first things I said when I was like, well, okay, I'll do the – I would love to try to write this, but I, I don't want to do Christmas Carol at the airport or Christmas Carol in space or Christmas <laughs> – You know, like, I feel like there's a lot of Christmas Carol out there, mm-hmm. and which is great because people love it and it, everybody knows the story and it's heartwarming and you learn things. and But I was just like, I'm done with Christmas Carol. And so I was like, for this play, I really wanted to make something that was um, – Modern and something that um, kids could see and recognize themselves, not in an abstract, like, Victorian way, but in a, like... Oh, come on, Tiny Tim, (laughs) so identifiable. I, you know, I... People do, right? You're like the underdog, you know, (laughs) the cute underdog. Um, But, yeah, something that they could, uh, yeah, recognize themselves on stage as, like, modern people I know that sounds kind of strange, but yeah, like, so I think that's what really um, drove the story for me to like, and I think that makes
0: sense that as modern people, I think there are a lot of archetypes that we are fed I think that you know even with a with a Christmas story Mm -hmm. um that 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 is still dated it's still probably what like 1940 or something and so there is a lot of classicness that gets strung around a lot of our Christmas texts but so something that has a blood of 2017 flowing through it yes
1: and I think that that's part of the questioning tradition thing as well Mm -hmm. because I think you're right in that like every like Christmas thing that's out there right now is very like oh we used to watch it when we were kids or my parents watched it when they were kids or you know something which is great but also like it's happening now yeah like we should have stories for now for kids so maybe like 20 years from now hopefully they'll be like oh that time in 2017 when <laughs> so, classically, so classic so classically yeah, archetypes see yeah we can hang in there <laughs> well, and there's
0: I, I saw that there uh i was reading the um synopsis from seattle times mm-hmm. and i see that there's a same-sex couple mm-hmm. going home to visits yeah. um are, and there are uh are there other archetypes that you would, or i shouldn't say archetypes but other figures that? you can share with us that might be 2017 little tea
1: teases oh sure like there's there's the tech worker who's Mm. not even doing the holidays they're just going for like a meeting (laughs) which is kiki and she is great and um there's like an older woman who's traveling by herself and then there's a family that's um kind of like a big messy modern family and then there's also um i have two sets of siblings who are in from divorced families and they're traveling between families which I didn't realize was a thing I had been talking to some friends of mine and they were like oh yeah we got to do Christmas Eve and then they're gonna go over to their dad's house yeah. and then it's Christmas morning and I was like whoa ticking all the boxes I didn't yeah. know this was like wow <laughs> yeah and so I really wanted to put that in because it seemed like that was um really relevant to kids these days too
0: in the, in the room when you said that since everyone could hear each other, yeah. uh, were there any connections between characters that you hadn't anticipated connecting in certain ways that you wrote in because of the way the actors interacted? Or was there anything that you wrote because of what you saw in the room with the actors?
1: Oh, sure, yeah. I was It was great to be able to make changes. I, I was at most of the rehearsals, and mostly I did a lot of cutting because I was like, okay, we got to get it 70 minutes. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, but just being in the room, I think what's great about making new work for me is that once you get the cast together, they kind of become the characters to me Mm -hmm. and they help form the play for future casts. And so even when next year, if they do it next year, like I'll still kind of think of like, Oh, that was so-and-so and and they had this tick that we wrote in, you know, to the play of like how they said this thing. And so it was really funny. And, and I'm sure with each iteration, a new, um, New layers will form on these characters, but, um, just, it's been so great to like have the room and have the actors be a part of creating the play mm. that is just, it's the best. It's the best. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> I can really like get in depth with these characters cause there's these great actors who Grapes. are helping you me like a, shape
0: it. You have a phenomenal cast. Like yeah. when you have that, then you can really mine them for more little gems. Yes. In terms of the relationship with the audience, obviously Mm -hmm. you can't write a Christmas. I mean, I guess you can write a Christmas story that makes them change their mind about Christmas in a really negative way. But uh, what what are you hoping? What are you hoping that when audiences come, what do they get from from the flight before Xmas that they won't get from? A Christmas Carol. I suppose mm-hmm. we talked about this in terms of uh, just contemporary figures and contemporary themes, but is there a an attitude towards Christmas that you were really excited to to bring to the discussion that hasn't been
1: represented before? I think sort of keeping an open mind about tradition mm-hmm. and creating new traditions and being being more tolerant of your fellow man because nice. <laughs> you're stuck with them. Nice. Of. Wow. Yeah. I, I, that's a huge theme. I didn't, I didn't realize. Uh, but yeah, it's just, it's kind of like we're all stuck here together. So let's make the best of it. I love that. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm not like a super, I do Christmas, but I'm not like in the religious sort of way. I'm sort of like that middle, middle of the road kind of person who's like, oh, I'll have a tree. Yeah. Be I'll nice have presents people. And Be right. nice to people. Let's eat cookies. You know, that's <laughs> awesome. But um, yeah, I think, I think sort of meeting in the middle of, like, realizing that we're, we're all headed in the same direction. And you don't have to be unpleasant about it, like, or you can and sort of maybe learn not to. And, um, yeah, I, life's a journey. I don't know.
0: No, I love that. I love that idea of this. I mean, especially right now, that does seem very, I mean, here you are, you, you started, you uh, brainstorming this mindset in 2016 yeah and then here we are in 2017 where the world is what it is and the Mm -hmm. administration is what it is and there's lots of people with lots of different points of view and we're trying to all yeah um go forward together i think that's a fantastic consideration that hasn't been i can't think of another christmas story that that addresses that community yeah. um, especially from the diaspora like you know, that 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 is represented i think that's wonderful and very true
1: with that in mind too i mean we still it's still like a lighthearted, of course fun story I and mean, we i wanted to get into some things but it was sort of we did have a few moments in rehearsal where it was like oh we can't really say you're know, like that's too much it's not funny anymore you know like it used to be like Oh, we can make a joke about this. Now it's like it's too real, it's too real. and so like oh, okay, we gotta back off that a little bit. So um, yeah, that's keeping the modern, the present day situation in mind, I guess, for a holiday story. But yeah, I mean, at the at the end of the day, it's it's a family show, and it's for everyone from kids to grandmas, and we really, I I think that was. Um, that's also part of it is that the show is for everybody Mm -hmm. and how to like make it appeal to everybody because everybody has different levels of enjoyment of humor and you know, plot lines and some people like pratfalls and some people Mm -hmm. like, you know, deep philosophical conversation. And it's really, um, trying to sort of weave all that together as well, which, um, it's still fun, and it, and it should be fun, because, you know, it's the holidays, and I don't want to bum people out. Right. I don't want to bum <laughs> people out. No. <laughs>
0: well, and um, I'm really, this is, I have to ask this question, and I'm excited to ask this question. Are you the first Asian American playwright to write a Christmas story? I don't know. I mean, that's a broad <laughs> statement. I'm sure there's, like, small, but I mean, I feel like that's not, it is a very... Patriarchal yeah. uh, telling. We have Charles Dickens, and then you have a Christmas story which deals with the two young boys. And yeah. even, I mean, I think I was mentally answering my own question when I asked you about your favorite, you know, Christmas m- movie. And I do really like uh, the Christmas vacation with Chevy Chase, mm-hmm. which of course focuses on Chevy. And, um, they're even die hard even yeah, die even hard die is a very hard. male story <laughs> uh, you know t- let's be honest and so that you're a woman and that you're an Asian American playwright i don't think we get that perspective and i didn't know if that was something that had struck you while you were starting to write it or if you found other work mm-hmm. that uh you uh, that you discovered as you were putting this together
1: yeah i'm um i don't i don't think i have really thought about it i um I think when I was asked to write it it was not any particular like need to fill the race quota or oh, whatever no, you know like no, yeah. No, no. yeah um but I was I I have a I think my style is my writing style is very um open to this I I do a lot of science fiction and um fantasy and horror which actually comes into the play a little bit nice. <laughs> but oh. like um yeah and I, uh, it's not for kids it's for adults but it has a sense of creativity and wonder that like can appeal to kids and so i've been kind of crossing over more into writing for youth lately and um so i feel like that's mainly why they They approached you yeah um but in general too i i i don't know what this says about me but i'm i i don't really i'm not i'm an asian american playwright but i don't tend to write Asian American themed plays and that's been a little bit of a struggle for me too just to like find my identity of like what are you doing exactly and I think what it goes it boils down to is like they always say write what you know and weirdly in my brain is full of like fantastical worlds and, <laughs> and adventures and, yeah and creating like whole other dimensions that have different rules and so that's what I write but it's been sort of an interesting uh, journey to try to figure out where those plays belong. Because I've worked uh, for a long time with Porkville Productions, which I'm also a producer, and we do Asian-American playwrights, but we try to do uh, more genre and more not the, what you would typically consider to be like, oh, your mom and dad story, and you know, right. like your family story. It's more like adventure and more noir and more genre. Uh, so yeah i've been I've been freely shaping myself through that, and I'm kind of coming up against like I don't know where I'm gonna go next right okay. well that yeah. was like, my
0: next question is what else is in the hopper but yeah. no, and I didn't mean to put you on the spot about about the observation, but when I saw. The Seattle Public Theater because I mean the redesign is so beautiful and the posters are all stunning and I love that Christmas Town is so Seattle Mm -hmm. and that it gets done year after year but then when I saw I mean Kiki Abba with this beautiful child (laughs) and that that I hear is not in the not in the play but there are other cute there are other cute kids (laughs) um and then a cat and everything it makes me want to go and then I I thought wow a Christmas story that's written by a woman mm-hmm. featuring a woman yeah. and that I do know that you work for Porkfield Productions, production. So I know that you're an Asian American playwright yeah. that did stick out to me. And I thought, I thought that was very exciting, especially if, if Seattle public wants to make it a part of its tradition, the same way that mm-hmm. Christmastown is part of its tradition. And, and I just, I love that, that, that that is there. And I hope that people take note of that, because so many of our stories is, you know, we write a check to the Charles Dickens estate or whoever. I'm not really sure how that works out <laughs> year after year. But like, I wasn't sure how that, uh, or I wish that we would become more mindful of these traditions, like you're saying, and mm-hmm. of what we uphold year after year, everything from the nutcracker to three ghosts and all sorts of things. Uh, but you don't know, uh, I suppose, can we conclude with what's, you're not exactly sure you're moving into next, or do you have? Oh idea? no, I
1: I have other projects, but I just I think sort of like big picture, big picture playwright identity. I'm <laughs> sure. still sort of shaping that. I guess we're all still shaping as we go. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm actually I'm writing a, a new play for YTN Yay, for Youth yeah. Theater Northwest. Um, that's for their uh, Kamashibai uh, program, and it's gonna be uh, through the Looking Glass, but with a Japanese storytelling event um I know a little yeah. bit about that but
0: since this is a fantastic cross promotion yes the,
1: can you the please pronounce it one more time a, I'm gonna it's I'm butchering it too I'm sure okay. <laughs> it's a kamishibai. Kamishibai, and I, I
0: yeah. I've i been told that it's almost like Japanese com. there's illustrations yeah
1: it's like a it's like a street theater storytelling wow. format and um the way I well, I've been sort of reading up on it because it's new to me too um but like a guy on a bike would like ride into a village, and he'd have these um, storyboards in a in a little um, the- like a little stage on the back of his bike, and he would tell stories, doing the voices and showing the pictures, and then meanwhile, and the, that would be free, and then he would sell candy nice. <laughs> on the side, and that would be his like livelihood. But um, the fact that the kids could come and just watch the show and like have him do the voices with the pictures, it was sort of the, um, I think it's been explained as like manga came out of it and anime sort of birthed from it, of like picture storytelling going together in a theatrical way. And, and so, so you're
0: writing the adaptation between the Alice Through the Looking Glass mm-hmm. and, and making it, are you also trying to indicate where the illustrations will fall or will you work with someone else who will decide which illustrations need to be used? Yeah,
1: I'm working with Mimi Katano and um, I think what we're going to try to do to make it more theatrical is to make... um, to make it more tableau so the kids... because it's going to be kids who are in the show and to make it more tableau picture. You can't see my air quotes, but they're (laughs) happening. Um, And then um, to have that be the picture on stage and then have narrators sort of helping to animate that. And then I'm trying to like play off each other of like the live picture. I don't know. We'll see how it works. I think it it'll works. be, it's really a fun challenge though. And uh, will this be the,
0: now I'm curious, we clearly need to do another show just about this or another <laughs> recording just about this, but I'm curious about this and then I won't, I won't ask anything else. I'll wait for it to, to take more shape. But is, uh is the Alice, the Alice of the original Lewis Carroll story or is it being modernized? Does she look different? Um, Is she still that Victorian era child?
1: I think, well, we're trying to, uh, um, okay. I'm trying to, we're trying to, um, I had this great idea, which of course means that, it's gonna be crazy, but um, <laughs> uh, they have uh, in Japanese folklore they have um, a lot of like really cool demons and ghosts. Okay. The yokai, and they're they're a lot of them are really bizarre and bizarrely specific to things. <laughs> and so I've been trying to like work the yokai into the Alice story since the characters in in um, Wonderland are so bizarrely specific as well. And sure. if there's like some crossover, I'd love to like have some more Japanese influence in the story.
0: That sounds oh my gosh that so, this, this has always sounded I have been aware of this project for about six months now but this makes me even more excited because I just don't know what to what to expect yeah we we'll I'm so excited for it and I didn't know that you were on the project I just knew that Mimi oh, was cool. working with some yeah um, with some artists who were coming from Japan yes uh, well this is exciting so I'm gonna put a pin in that and we'll we'll reconvene maybe I can get Mimi back on the mic she was on my first episode oh yeah so maybe I can get the we'll two do... of you back we'll get a bigger car I'll get yeah. a bigger car and then I'll and then I'll um, interview. You guys at that point but i just really want to thank you maggie oh, i thank can't you. wait to see a flight before xmas i want it to become part of our seattle theater tradition and i just best of luck on everything that you're working on thank you
1: so much i really appreciate you coming and talking to me yeah <laughs> thanks <laughs> thanks
0: thank you maggie the flight before xmas is playing in rep with christmastown until december 24th at the seattle public theater And the SPT website is in the show notes, so you really have no excuse. Go forth, femmes. Remember to dare and do, but still be safe this holiday season.